this is Amy Allen from the Dead Files, and you're listening to the Alternate Route Podcast. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, it does happen. Ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria! Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You have found the Paranomaly Zone, your place for all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg. I am responsible for the supernatural shenanigans. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, a man with more needle points shoved into his spine that you would care to shake a stick at. My friend and yours... Mr. Mike Cardinal, how you doing, Mike? It looks like you're holding back. It looks like you're holding your breath for some reason. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> uh, par- pardon, pardon, Mike. There, boys and girls, that was interesting. I don't know what happened right there. That was... I choked on the needle thing. <laughs> okay. Man, are you are you okay? Are you are you? I am now. Yeah. Good? Are you good to go for a podcast? I swallowed. Uh, yes, I swallowed my tea wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> should I just should I should we start over or should I leave that? <laughs> no, just leave that. Leave that. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. He's like, quit doing so many damn takes, Patrick. I gotta go to bed. That's what Mike's saying. <sighs> so, but yeah, yeah, we're we're not gonna dive into Mike's health issues because we seem to do that every episode. Every episode. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, he got shot up eight times in his back today with the nice long eight, pointy eight, needles. Yes, eight shots in my back today. Fun. Times. Wasn't fun. Fun, good times, good times. So, well, I'm glad you could uh, scrounge up the energy and the the uh, the interest. Uh, you know, I, I guess <laughs> <laughs> the already, interest is already giggling at me. I'm glad you found the time, Mike, and uh, you're putting forth the effort to get out another you know, darn near perfect episode of paranormal, whatever the hell you want to call it, ponderings, panderings. <laughs> um, Depends on what what standard of perfect we uh, well, are striving for. <laughs> yeah. The lowest of the low, <clears throat> lowest of the low, not even close to being perfect, but yeah. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. If you are new to the program. Yeah. We talk about all things paranormal, strange and mysterious, and we have a good time doing it. And we usually bring up some pretty wacky, crazy <laughs> alleged occurrences that have happened throughout the ages in this crazy earth that we all live on and share and tonight is no exception definitely no exception here on this one so much so that before we started recording mike himself even (laughs) was darn near smirking (laughs) uh when we were discussing this topic and if you are new to this program that's that's a that's a doozy because mike is the one who is so open-minded to all yeah. wacky and wild things, and even mm-hmm. he, even he 
was snickering at this one. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> what does that mean, Mike? Is it going to be a great episode? Or, oh, it's going to be a great episode. It's just uh, there's a lot of interesting points in this occurrence, uh, alleged occurrence. Yeah. But like I had, like I had said, I, I, uh, I'm not sure. I, I may have seen this in an episode of like Scooby Doo or something at one time or another. So you were serious. <laughs> you were serious when you said that. No, I wasn't serious. <clears throat> you well, know me. Well, this occurred in September of 1964. When did the Scooby Doo cartoon series air? Um, it started in the late 60s, I believe. Oh, so if you, I remember it, watching it from its uh, beginning. Okay. Well, well, we can't we can't bring up a question like that without answering without it. looking it up. I think it was like 1969 or something like that. 1968, 69. Okay. Okay. And of course, my Google app is now just frozen on the word Google right now. Because ah. That's just what happens when you need an answer right away when you're recording a podcast. Well. Oh, there it went. Okay. Hold on. Because this is the important paranormal stuff here. Well, I guess Scooby-Doo has some paranormal. Oh, absolutely. Scooby-Doo cartoon series debut and we're waiting with a drum roll wow mike 1969 yeah that's what i thought september 13th 1969 so if you saw this it would have been based on the occurrence not vice versa so there you go right that's very true well, if you haven't figured it out already, and chances are you haven't, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Well, we're talking about what has become known as the Cisco Grove incident. Uh, crazy, bizarre, yeah. alleged alien encounter, uh, encountering aliens, plural, in the forest in- of California, Cisco Grove, Placer County, California. Yeah, that's, that's what we're right. going to be diving into as the main meat of the episode, and then we're going to take some time-traveling excursions, one or two, finish it up, wrap up the episode with our uh, our hot, our one-last-take segment, Mike, uh, quickly becoming a fan-favorite segment of the podcast where we just throw out some crazy alleged, I don't know what you want to call them, anything bizarre and crazy and weird, and we basically, yes. we answer yes or no whether we buy it or we don't and that's yay or nay yay or nay that's kind of tough for both of us because half of these were literally straddling <clears throat> straddling the proverbial fence so <laughs> you yeah know, i don't know not a very sturdy fence sometimes yeah. either yeah and i shouldn't say literally because we aren't literally on a fence right now but, yeah um, sometimes it's kind of a barbed wire fence where you just need to get off it yow! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh where's that sound bite damn it <clears throat> Timing's everything on that one. That's it's not going to be funny anymore because I. <laughs> yeah. There. Thanks, Mike. You, you that was that was the real one. There it is. Thank <laughs> you very much. Well, this is it's just not fun when I can't find them. Whatever. It's too late. Too late. <laughs> I give up. I'll find it randomly throughout the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's make it good though, Mike. Let's make it interesting. Oh yeah, it'll, interesting it'll be fantastic. Fairly entertaining. Uh, well, I'm, what, what? I'm entertained enough already to where we could quit and I'd be happy. What? <laughs> Was that a hint? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, you were going to say before I rudely well, cut you off. Oh, let's just dive right into it. Um, when I was looking into this alleged occurrence, Mike, in all sincerity, several people com- you know, compare it to, and you know, including renowned ufologists, 
and people who are experts in this field of study, they rank it right up there with the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, you know, the Travis Walton abduction slash experience. Mm-hmm. They say that this is right up there with them. So snickering, okay. snickering Mike or not, there's, <clears throat> there's some weight behind the story, as crazy and bizarre as it is. So um, hey, I'm you know I'm I'm nobody. I'm just somebody that believes in stuff. <laughs> except this one, <laughs> right? Oh, well, you know, there it's possible. It, it's very possible that this could have actually happened. It is. It is so in one form or the other, or embellished in another. I have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you on that one. So. Yeah, again, if if you are new, um, it it might seem like we're playing parts, but we're not. It's always Mike is definitely the one who is more apt to believe. Well, I'm not going to say everything because no, that's not true. You are not you, everything. You are a wise man, and you can't believe everything. And I'm the <laughs> one who's who tends to be more a little like Meh, I don't not too wishy washy. Well, wishy washy, skeptical is the um the proper term even though yes. I, I don't really like that term I, I think you should grow a beard like the great james randy oh do you do you okay yeah maybe i'll be as handsome as. or that. is that as far as you can grow one that you have uh, right now pretty much <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um well yeah again Talk right. about scooby-doo or his shaggy himself there he is right there <laughs> no. yeah definitely definitely a little shaggy a little shaggy but Mike, were you familiar with this story at all before um, we were discussing You know, I think this? I had briefly heard something about it or read something about it at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't very uh, familiar with it or the, a lot of the details. Right. So if, if someone would have said, Mike, you know the story of Don Shrum, you would not have... Right. Pull, pulled it out, maybe. Right. When you sent me uh, that sounded terrible, a link to it, in, uh, <laughs> and I I just could not place it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thank you. I'm I'm thankful that went over your head. What I just said. Oh, I I must have missed it. Uh, well, because I it was I, so far over my head. Yeah. No. What? Okay. I'm going to repeat it because okay. <laughs> I said I said so. Like when you hear the name. Don Shrum, you don't just pull it out. And so I'm like, what the hell? Why did I? I mean, my dirty mind went uh, went there. So Mike wasn't exactly excited about pulling, hmm. it, pulling it out at the, at the thought of Don Shrum. So I'm glad. You still don't yeah, get it. I, <laughs> well, I, 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 I get it that there's a, a, a hint of humor there somewhere. A hint of humor. <laughs> did I need to say whip it out? Would that help the it? Donald Shrum, whip it out. Got it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> do I need, Mike, do you want me to draw a picture? Will you get Donald it? Shrum and friends? It, yes. It has nothing to do with his name. It's the, it <laughs> okay. has everything to do with oh, what it's the whole whip it out. Thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I think he finally got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I'm not used to you having a, a, a sense of humor. Oh, gee. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that one. I'm, I'm not used to you not having beer right now. So. Yeah, I know. That's probably why I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sad if that's true. <laughs> yeah. See, your dog in the background agrees, too. She's like, oh, Mike. Well, I, in all fairness, you did. I mean, my gosh, you've been through so much. And you did say before we started recording that you're you're you just you're, you're kind of out of it just because of all the crap you've been going through. So, yeah, totally yeah there's, there's a lot. But yeah. But that's okay. That's okay, he says. Well, all right then. Let's make it. Let's let's put in some effort. 
Well, so what is your opinion on just, you know, before we get into this, I mean, do you, uh, with your skeptic mind and your fairly open mind at the same time. Oh, very open minded. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, lot, a lot going on in this uh, story. (laughs) A lot to digest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's out there, man. It's definitely out there. Um, Well, I'll save my conclusion when we're done. Yes, I uh, I thought of that after I started saying that, that that should be saved until after. (laughs) And I shall give my uh, opinion. It wouldn't be good podcasting uh, protocol to say, like, we're going to share this bizarre, wacky, potentially true or fake story, and we both think it's a bunch of bullshit. But listen to to it anyways. No, we're not doing that, because we don't think it's bullshit. If I do have reservations about it, maybe the discussion that we have will really turn things around for me if I have any reservations at all. Hey, you know what? That's a great point because that has happened both ways for you and I. Absolutely. You know, uh, several occurrences. That's part of why we do things like this. Again. I guess, really. That's another great point, Mike, because um, we have a great time hammering back and forth our thoughts and our opinions on these things. And I would say fairly often we have damn near changed our minds just recording this. Yeah. um, this podcast is crazy podcast. I that is my, true. My favorite word for tonight is obviously crazy, and I hate that. I think I've said that about <laughs> 95 times already. That's crazy. Uh, well, well, switch from crazy to weird, wild thing. Yeah, I'll try not to. Uh, feel free to interject anytime, Mike, here. I'm going to run down the, the basis yes. of the story here. The alleged current, that. as I mentioned earlier, this took place in 1964, September 4th to be exact. And involved a then 28-year-old Donald Shrum out bow hunting with a group of his friends in Cisco Grove or at Cisco Grove in Placer County, California. Uh, long story short, amidst all their fun uh, out there hunting, somehow, as the story goes, Don got separated from his companions. So much so that he actually ended up and it was nighttime before he realized that he was absolutely lost. Um, didn't know where his buddies were. And as the rule goes, Mike, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, if you get lost with, by your hunting companions or from your group out in the woods, stay put, right? Yes. Don't become more lost. Don't become more lost. The moment you realize that you are, you're kind of a lost cause, no pun intended, stay put. Maybe if you can get to an elevated area, but... Yeah, just just sit tight. Sit tight and people will find you. And such thing happened to Don, Don Shrum. And when he got separated from his party, he decided that he would go sleep in a tree for safety. For safety, yes. For safety as nightfall uh, approached and overtook him and the group. Darkness is everywhere, Mike. Darkness is everywhere. The fireflies are lighting. Mm, Buzz. Well, I guess fireflies, do they buzz? Do they kind of do they make a lot of buzzing noises? I don't know. I don't know. I just see them. Yeah, I don't hear them. Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly yep. it. Uh, Trump could not sleep. Peace would not last long. Whatever peace he was feeling, relaxing in the treetop at night, because before uh, too long, Don claimed to begin seeing a white light. Yes. Moving off in, in the a, distance. Off in the distance, moving in a zigzagging motion. Mm-hmm throughout the trees at a low altitude. 
At first, Shrum said that he thought it was simply a helicopter. Thinking that, he jumped down from the tree and began lighting flares to attract attention, trying to get the, the, the helicopter pilot's attention, maybe thinking that his buddies had uh, found said search party, uh, search helicopter, and they were among up there in the... Up there in the cockpit, I guess, however you want to call it. <laughs> Is there a cockpit in a helicopter? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I don't like the word cockpit. Oh, sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Well, then, and you also don't get the phrase whip it out, apparently, either. So <laughs> yeah. don't whip it out in a cockpit, to put it that way. Oh, God. <laughs> now, thinking that it was a helicopter, as I said, he jumped down to the tr- from the tree, began lighting flares. Under, under the assumption that his friends had launched, launched said rescue party. Eventually, the light turned around, started racing towards him, but came to a stop about an estimated 50 yards away from the tree that he was standing underneath. Now, as the story goes, as the alleged occurrence slash incident goes, Donald described the object as landing. When it was landing, he realized that it was not a helicopter, but instead, something alien. <laughs> I guess that's unintended. Be- I guess that's the best way you can uh, describe it. The unidentified flying object was a cigar was cigar shaped, about the size of a fourteen story building. <clears throat> that's huge. Yeah. Wow. And this but it was landed quite- fifty feet away from him. So yeah, I cannot imagine how ginormous that damn thing was. Holy Toledo. Yeah. Um, that must have been a very 14 story building, the safe shape of a cigar. Yeah. Landing in the forest. Must have been a, a wide open space. <laughs> wide <laughs> open sands, space. trees in this forest. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? Well, I mean, I guess when it said it land when <sighs> it was landing in the process right. of landing, it didn't necessarily land. Right. Because there was a like a a, a smaller scout ship that came from it. That is correct. Yes. And yes. All, all of this is according to um, two ufologists who appeared on Coast to Coast AM, a very popular show that Mike is very familiar with. Oh, yeah. And listen to that. I listened to that for years. Right. Yes, you did. Um, and do, I should say. Yeah. And as Mike just said, it, uh, when the larger cigar, cigar shaped craft was descending, a smaller, I guess, for lack of a better term, scout ship. Mm-hmm. was expelled from the larger craft and the smaller craft then landed nearby. Right. So there you go. The larger craft did not la- uh, land. Of course, Shrum was terrified at this point. When, Mike, would you be terrified? Be honest. I mean, it might be a great, um, weird question to some listeners, but I, if you knew Mike, I'm sincere when I ask him if he would be afraid right now. Um, I'd be uh, frightening, frightening, frighteningly intrigued. <laughs> okay okay i would be a little intrigued. i'd be a little freaked out but i'd be excited at the same time okay i know it's an impossible question to answer you know you have to put yourself yeah in that unless position. you're really there yeah absolutely again uh shrum uh feeling very frightened at this point climbed back up to the tree for safety but according to other stories he climbed up into the tree to get a better vantage point so that's a little bit to make you think about right there, how there's different reasons and different accounts. Yeah. One account says he got up there because he was scared. Another account said he wanted to get a better view. So eh, mm-hmm. take that as you will. After a short period of time, according to Shrum, 
three beings, not one, not two, but three beings approached the tree. Now, these beings departed from the craft that had landed, the smaller craft that had landed. Donald described two of them as humanoid. Described them as being a little over five feet tall with a silvery uniform that covered their heads. Now, if this is alien, Mike, what's the first reason that pops into your mind why they would be wearing any sort of outfit like that, particularly something that was over their heads? Well, because it was springtime and it was stylish. <laughs> stylish. Okay. Well, I actually, got, it was got that. Yeah, closer yeah. to fall. Well, closer to fall. Did they have bell bottoms on too? <clears throat> <clears throat> well, a <laughs> little bit of, well, you know, 1964 could have been a little bit of Paisley there. Well, Paisley, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. Balloon sleeved, silver balloon sleeves. <laughs> a, quite a flare at the bottom. I could see that. I could see that. So well, the, first, <sighs> the first thing that pops into my mind as a, it's a generic answer is simply for like atmospheric reasons, you know, breathing. Right, absolutely, that breathing they are not, is. you know, yeah, they are not conditioned to our atmosphere. Yeah. And I said apparatuses. That's not the correct plural for apparatus, is it? It's apparati. Apparati? Okay. No, I, t- I have no idea. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sincerely drawing a blank on that one. Apparatuses. Yeah, apparatuses didn't sound right to me, but maybe it is. <clears throat> listeners, lis- <laughs> listeners, let us know uh, which one's correct. Again, two of the, hum- uh, two of the creatures slash beings were described as humanoids over five feet tall, wearing silvery uniforms that covered their heads. The coast-to-coast UFO- ufologists also described in their description suggested that the entities wore something similar to welding goggles. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, <laughs> if, you, if you're interested, <laughs> listeners, though, you can find uh, drawings and descriptions of what supposedly <clears throat> was seen that night in, in the forest. Yes. And, well, and the, actually, that drawing is very interesting because... Um, the other being that is is uh, different than the silver suited five foot tall beings. Um, uh, the drawing looks much like the cartoon My Giant. <laughs> well, there, it, well, it does. Yeah, I it see does. that. I see that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and we'll get to the reasons why and, and shortly. But it also looks like it's smoking a cigar. You know. Or <laughs> Yeah, it just looks like it's like you know, casually puffing away on a, yeah. on a on a cigarette, or who the hell knows what it, what it was puffing away on. It's well, that was only after there was that that smaller little being that was yeah. walking in the forest mm-hmm. with a little tray yelling cigars, oh, Tipperello. That's, that's true. I forgot. Cigarettes. I forgot about that part of the story. <laughs> I forgot. We'll get to that though. <clears throat> we'll get to that. Now, again, uh, after suggesting or saying that the. Uh, description suggested they were wearing something similar to welding goggles. The third being approached slightly later in the encounter and resembled a classic sci-fi robot. It's funny that you said that, Mike, about the Hmm. giant thing. But uh, it was darker, however, in color. And, get this, had two reddish-orange eyes. That's always kind of creepy. The mouth is what really kind of blows me away. Yeah. <laughs> um, in place, this is where it gets odd. In place of a mouth, what would when you know, where the mouth would be? The robot. I'm gonna I'm do air quotes with robot. 
had a slit-like opening that would drop open like the door of an oven. <laughs> you know, now now I'm now I'm envisioning Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. But Beaker, it was not, uh, unfortunately. Maybe a close cousin, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, will, I will say this, that Beaker terrified me as a kid. I, <laughs> I was, no, every time Beaker came on the screen when the Muppets were on, no, thank you. I hated, really? <laughs> hated Beaker. He freaked me out, man. I was beyond the... Uh tender age of being freaked out by <laughs> I hope you were by the Muppets <laughs> I, I, <laughs> if I I really hope you were <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no no yeah just the noises that he made and, yep and, and Macy's all excited too Macy's thinking about Beaker and she's getting freaked yeah out as well. I, animal probably yeah yeah now uh t- you know speaking again of like what uh, would have been the mouth when the slit opened and it opened as if it you know looked like a oven door being pulled open i guess and that's where i went to the beaker description mm-hmm. now th- this is when shit starts getting even more strange <laughs> yeah. and when uh shrum basically lost it and began to panic and if this if this is true then i do not blame the poor man oh of course um when the being's mouth opened Shrum claims that the entities then began to shake the tree mm-hmm. as if attempting to dislodge him <laughs> from said tree. Um, he vividly remembers that the robot-like entity would let its lower jaw drop, then reach inside the rect- Mike's laughing right now. I'm trying. It's just so, <laughs> such a fantastic tale. Yeah, well, it, that's a nice way of putting it. Yes, it is. It yes. is a fantastic tale in more ways than one. Um, yes. When the lower jaw would drop, it would then, this robot-like entity, would then reach inside the rectangular gap that was revealed. <laughs> that alone right there, the <laughs> rectangular gap. I get, well... It yes. sounds like something you're diagnosed with at the doctor or something, you know. I or know. some like an old like an old girlfriend in high school, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't no. know. I, I don't know. Um <laughs> but when the rectangular gap was revealed, Mike, it would then emit a puff of what appeared to be smoke that went into <clears throat> Shrum's direction. Okay, anyways. Green tea is getting to me. Anyway, go ahead. Get all those sick thoughts out of your mind. Yes, and Mike, they're gone. Mike, um, well, I'm talking to our <clears throat> listeners right now. I'm, you know, get those sick thoughts that Mike planted in your, <clears throat> into you out of your mind and, and listen to this, listeners, with an, yes. open, with an open mind. Now, said smoke would then <clears throat> spread like a mist. It would surround Donald Shrum, causing him to lose consciousness. Story continues. When Shrum came back to consciousness, as he said he did, obviously he did, the beans, according to Shrum, were still trying to get him out of the tree, and Shrum began to feel nauseous. He then attempted to scare the entities away by throwing bits of lit clothing. Do you say lighted or lit, Mike? Oh, I say botan. I don't ah, know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so don't ask me. That's, that's very true. <laughs> Throwing bits of lit clothing or lighted, however you want to say it, 
I would say Litton, of course. Litton. Oh, God. <laughs> Go ahead. Which uh, apparently momentarily momentarily caused them to back away before continuing their assault. And Macy's getting excited again tonight. She was so good the last couple episodes. Never heard anything. She was. Um, now, somehow, Shrum also observed, somehow he observed, according to him, what he thought were audio signals from the UFO. Mm-hmm. He thought they seemed to be influencing the behavior of the occupants or the you know, the the uh, the beings below him. Now, throw all your silly thoughts aside for a second, Mike. Yes, we're talking alien technology here. If this is a legit story, mm-hmm. this seems like a, a a real possibility. I mean, Mike. I mean, we experiment with stuff like this. We're crying out loud. Oh, oh, sure. Uh, do you buy into that? That perhaps they are receiving messages from, I, I don't want to call it a mothership, from the larger craft mm-hmm. that influences their behavior as if they are under their, that craft's control. Well, absolutely. Like uh, like the robotic type um, being yep. Yep. Uh, could be like a signal uh, influencing like, like a control. Um, and it could be a communication type of a thing w- mm-hmm. with the uh, actual beings. The, uh... You know, Mike, how I just had a, a vision in my mind of like uh, underwater submersibles. Mm-hmm. And, okay, as longtime listeners know, ding, 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 I am a Titanic nut. And I'm, I'm envisioning the expeditions down to the Titanic where, you know, they, they go down in the larger, the larger crafts, you know, manned by, you know, two to four people at most. Bob Ballard. Yeah, Bob Ballard, James <laughs> James Cameron, you name them, and uh, absolutely, they would send the uh, remote vehicles to exp- you know inside connected to uh, cables. They would send these remote vehicles from the larger crafts to go search inside the Titanic, in and about the Titanic. Now, are these, if real, Mike, are these I- some sort of like mechanical? Uh, machines i guess for a better lack of a better term that are simply being sent out from the mothership due to perhaps live beings inside the larger craft maybe they can't breathe the atmosphere maybe they exactly. don't they don't have the the capabilities at that time or the or the um, the the wear the outfits the suits to do such things so they send these little remote beings out there what do you think about that possibility like a probe type thing right you know what what i you know what i found kind of odd and kind of comical earlier no when i was reading this is that (laughs) yeah um you know back in uh 1964 um you know this the technology uh say like with betty and barney hill the alien technology that was used with them was more familiar, more advanced than these in this story from 1964. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I am trying to think of from there is that these are different species of alien from a different place that is not as advanced as other, like the gray aliens or whatever. So they are subject to this kind of technology. You know, it seems cartoonish to me, but that's going by, um, like, say, the Betty and Barney Hill story where where they have uh, such a more advanced technology 
and what they used and getting them on the ship and um, you know, the uh, experimentation that they did um, say, this is a, uh, an advanced species that is only thousands of years ahead of us instead of millions of years ahead of us. That's an excellent point, Mike. I, you know, um, right when you started, right when you started talking about that, that exact same thought popped in my yeah. mind too. Uh, and you put it very well. It, it's who's to say, who, who right. is to say, I mean, the, the universe is infinite for crying out loud. Right. It's right. infinite and it's expanding. Go wrap your head around that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, there's not just one species of alien. Oh, there's so many that um, there's so many that you can't even put them all in one one box. No. Oh, God, though. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> after claiming that he observed these audio signals, which appeared to control the behavior or at least influence the behavior of these of these beings, Shrum finally managed to actually load and shoot an arrow at the invaders and claims to have actually hit the robot-like being. Now, according to Shrum, did I call him Bob, by the way? Did I say Bob? I don't know if I did or not. <laughs> you said Bob Ballard tonight, so not... So not oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Now, according to Shrum, the impact caused a spark to fly off of the creature, that indicating that it was indeed metallic. He then shot two more arrows at the beings, each shot causing them to scatter and to back away from the tree. Story doesn't end there, though. Shrum went on to say that even during his retaliation, fighting back, I guess, out of fear and feeling, you know, defensive. He's in, he's in a defense mode. Let's let's face it. Mm, absolutely. <clears throat> He says during his retaliation, that would give, well, how, how can I say this? It, his retaliation would give the aliens cause, would not give the aliens cause to retreat, as I, I should say, as they were soon joined by a second robot. Right. Which once again, here we go, Mike. Once again, said slit in mouth opened, rectangular gap exposed. Slitten, is that a word? I said slit in mouth. Okay. The slit <laughs> in the mouth, rectangular gap exposed. Once again, white vaporous, vaporish material began to come from what appeared to be its mouth, and again it rendered Shrum unconscious. Now when Shrum woke again, the two non-robot humanoids were climbing the tree after Shrum. Now that would be terrifying. I, 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 yeah. That would be terrifying. Um, I just I'm envisioning that in my brain right now. Right now, it's like, oh, no thanks. <laughs> would you rather have these beings climbing up the tree after you or a bear? A bear, one hundred percent a bear, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. They're furry and cute. <laughs> So, even if <laughs> with they are, big sharp pointy teeth and claws <laughs> even if they're killing you at the moment um <laughs> uh, but yeah he, he claims that when he woke he saw the two uh non-robot humanoids climbing the tree but he did manage to dislodge them by shaking the tree himself and throwing more various objects at them how much stuff did he have up in the tree I, that's what i that's a question that i had when i was looking into this is that okay so earlier he was um 
reduced to taking shreds of clothing lighting and lighting them. them and throwing them at them and matches. Yep. Yep. But now he has objects to throw at them. Well, um, maybe he's totally nude and he's throwing his shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, belt buckles. Uh, Take I, this sock, you. <laughs> Dang nabbit. Dang nabbit, <laughs> this sock smells. Uh, okay. We're, uh, if this is real, no offense to Donald Trump. We're just, we're, hey, help us out here. <clears throat> now, he was, like I said, sh- uh, he was shaking the tree, throwing very uh, extra objects at them. And these attacks continue to occur on and off throughout most of the night. But as no Don, sleep for Shrum. No, I I could or imagine much. I could imagine he ran out of objects quite quickly up yes. there in the tree. But as Don approached, guess what? Yet more humanoids arrived <laughs> on the scene. More, and a large volume of the same strange smoke made Shrum. Well, you guessed it. Black out once more. Now the final time Shrum awoke, the aliens according to his account, were finally gone, but he was hanging from the tree by his belt. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, so maybe they did get him down, but then they wanted to put him back where well, he sure, was. There you go. And, and they just couldn't get him to stay. He kept falling <laughs> out of the tree. So they thought, okay, let's tie him up here with his belt. Yeah, they're like, they're looking... They're looking at each other like, what do we do with this guy here? It's okay, it's okay, Klaatu. Just let him hang by his belt. Klaatu. Oh, man. Klaatu Niktu Barada. Yeah. I yeah. Say. Now, uh, thankfully, uh, Shrum was soon rex- rescued and reunited with his pals, one of whom, by the name of Vincent Alvarez, claimed to have also encountered the same UFO that same night because he himself also became lost and separated from the hunting group. Donald, though, was the only one who was able to see these supposed otherworldly creatures. Vincent did not, but he did see the UFOs. Um, I I would like to point something out here. This is from an article... Let's see, what is it called here? This is from Paranormal World, paranormal-world.fandom.com. And this is kind of, uh, they're throwing this out here the way I interpret it as a potential reason behind this, this if faked, imagined story, a potential reason or a basis for it. Okay. That's how I interpret it. I could be totally wrong. So I'm just going to read this straight up. It says here, elves or iron giants. This case wouldn't contain anything out of the ordinary, aside from the obvious. If it weren't for a bizarre corroboration of the story by a book written way back in 1836. This book was called, I'm going to butcher this, Live Livre de Legende, Legendes Legende and was written by a French librarian by the name of Antoine Leroux de Lincy. This book has this to say about elves. This is a quote from the book describing elves. If a mortal being dares come near them, they open their mouth, and struck by the breath which, which escapes from it, the imprudent fellow dies poisoned. 
So they're kind of insinuating that this connection was maybe Donald was mm. familiar with this book. So maybe he had this idea already in his head. Maybe that was added to his imagination. I don't know. Uh, the connection was pointed out by Jacques Vallée in his essential tome, Passport to Magonia. Jacques also asserted that the bizarre effects felt by Shrum are consistent with the sudden deprivation of oxygen. Now, our, when I read that, Mike, my first interpretation, my first interpretation was that maybe this is a reason behind the imagined story of Donald Shrum. But are they suggesting that maybe this author, this Antoine Leroux de Lincey, perhaps he was writing about other alien encounters that other people mm. had maybe informed him about, and they could only describe them as elves. Sure. That that happens throughout history and different uh, different cultures and tribes and going way back in way back in history that um, they see something and they, they can only describe it as what their mind lets them describe it as, or how they can perceive it. Sure. Or whatever, yeah. whatever fantasy novels they were reading at that time, you know? Yeah. So this is according to a description by ufologist Ruben Uriarty, Uriarty and Noah Torres. I'm sorry if I butchered your name there, Ruben. U-R-I-A-R-T-E. Uriarty? Uriarty? I don't know. I, I apologize. When they appeared on Coast to Coast and they discussed said the case that we just went over. And they have a long description here, but I don't want to skip down to the very end of it. <clears throat> I want to get to this Shrum's hunting companion. Yeah. Shrum's hunting companion, Vincent Alvarez, gave a written affidavit as to seeing a bright craft. Shrum was initially hesitant. Shrum himself was initially hesitant to go public with his story because he thought it might jeopardize his career his career as a missile defense contractor. Jeez. Now that's quite a job, Mike. Yeah. Now that share that changes your yeah, your kind your perception of Donald Trump's story a little bit, maybe. Um not saying that just because you're a missile defense contractor doesn't mean you can't think of fake stories. Yeah, even they can have an odd sense of humor. Well, sure, I get that. I get that. <laughs> um, at the time, Shrum did speak with the Air Force about what he saw, but they tried to downplay the incident and suggest that he was the victim of a hoax or a prank. Torres and Urarty believe the case is comparable in significance to the Betty and Barney Hill abduction and also draw parallels to the Travis Walton and Pascagoula UFO abductions. So these prominent ufologists buy this story, Mike. Donald Trump was a missile defense contract contractor. Um, I don't know if that changes your perception of the story at all, but uh, there you go. Mm. What, do you, what, what do you think, Mike? Uh, there's really not a lot more you can dive into. I think there's a book out there actually called aliens in the forest, because that's why I titled this, this podcast episode aliens in the forest. Um, that would provide you with a lot more information on this case. But right now we're just giving you the, uh, the, the bare bones of it. Um, what do you think, Mike? Well, um, it's okay to I, be honest. It's okay to be honest because that's yeah. what we do here. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and I'm done with the, uh, comedic 
play on it and everything, but uh, it can go either way. And I would like to go with the idea of the possibility of it being less advanced alien technology. And that's why it played out the way it did. If this did actually happen, Um, because I think that's a very possible thing, because not every alien species is going to be as advanced as advanced as another one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with, if it is a true story, I'm going to go with that as an explanation of all the, you know, the wacky sure, I gotcha. things that went on and everything. And, um, and even so, I mean, this, this guy was, how many times was he put unconscious by this misty? Yeah. Smoky, whatever. I mean, he could have been three times, I believe, you know, he could have been experiencing something and, and just, you know, trying to um, remember it and interpret it the best that he could with, uh, you know, the haze that he was going through. Right. No, you I, know, um, absolutely. It's so, yeah. What was causing said haze? I mean, there's any number of possible explanations behind the that. rectangle gap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mike, a pseudo skeptic out there, a pseudo skeptic. I, I did it again. A pseudo yeah, there you did. Pseudo septic skeptic. <laughs> it's meant to be, man. A pseudo septic yeah. skeptic. Uh, those septic skeptics out there, uh, they would immediately dismiss this without even bothering looking into oh, the, the story. Absolutely. You know, without bothering looking into the facts. So, like they do everything. So I'm just going to say, from a skeptical point of view, who's to say? And I'm not suggesting that he or anyone was, but there's some powerful hallucinogenic drugs out there that people might be on every now and then. It's probably sure. not wise to be on them when they're going when you're going on a hunting trip. But I, <laughs> and again, I am not saying that's what happened. Right. But it's a possible explanation. I mean, someone could have had a bad acid trip, Mike. I mean, simple as that. Um, well, when he, after he got lost and he was cut off from the food supply that possibly was with the other guys, found some mushrooms in the forest and well, decided to, uh, there you, go. you know, <laughs> well, they look good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, I, I am not saying that's what, what happened. I right. Exactly. Not, uh, this could very well be real. I don't know. That's, yeah. unfortunately, that's how I feel on a lot of topics. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose, I mean, this isn't one last take. If I had to choose, I probably probably would say that it was an elaborate, not a hoax. I think something happened. My gut feeling is that he did get separated. Some sort of panic set set in, and who knows what happened after that. Mike, even simple panic attacks can make you oh, yeah. think bizarre things. Um, I'm sure. I'm not saying that's what happened, but if I was forced to choose, I would say eh, I'd lean in towards it not being real, but it yeah. could be what adds credence to this as being possibly legit is the fact that these renowned ufologists are totally buying it, Mike. They think that's, sure. they rank it right up there with Betty Barney, Bar, Barney Hill abduction for crap. Yeah, and they have probably been studying it, you know, for oh, who knows yeah. how long and have uh, discovered things about it that aren't in this written story and that Absolutely. from what you know much more than what we have covered tonight so oh by far oh by far like i said this is just the the, the bare bones of it the bare minimum so 
I mean, yeah. hey, we got a podcast to cover, and we have a minimum minimum time to get a couple topics covered. So that's why we give you the bare bones on True. nights such as, as this. But hey, a crazy, fantastic story either way. It is. Mike, is it time for one last take? Do we need to do our time-traveling excursion, come back for one hot last take, or what? I am good either way, so you decide. You're good either way. Well, Mike's drinking his uh, tea of some sort. What is it, green tea? It is. It's a, uh, yes, it's a an off-brand green tea citrus. Very nice. Sounds yeah, like, it sounds tastes like what doodly squat. <laughs> but, yeah, well, but I guess. Anyway. It's good for you, Mike. It's good for you. It is. It is. Antioxidants. Well, we're coming up right exactly a little bit over 50 minutes. Let's time travel real quick, Mike. We'll we'll wrap it up with a bang. One last take on, oh, just some little story dude known as Nostradamus. Sure. You know. Nost- Nostrils Damus. Nostrils Damus. So <laughs> hold on, boys and girls. We shall be all right back. And we are back after yet another successful time-traveling excursion. Mike, okay, it's that time. It's time for one last take. One last take, 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 Yeah, take. you know, <laughs> I should think of something. I should find something like that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Make it really dramatic and silly sounding. Yeah. <laughs> one last take. Some, some kind of uh, intro theme or something. Yeah, we should have an intro theme. I, I could yeah, you, you haven't done those for years. No, well, every, well, not quite that long we used to do all <laughs> sorts of awesome segments as the alternate Rail podcast yeah you know weekly top five five minutes alone i mean all sorts of good stuff um you know the oh we could do we could use um well i'll play you both the did you know intro did you know was another segment and the other one was weekly top five so plug your ears boys and girls because it's going to blow your your face off that one's not too bad. This one's pretty bad. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. That'll, that, that'll be our new uh, intro for, for one last take. <laughs> All right, plug your ears again. All right, we're ready. It's time for one last take. All right, good. Yeah. I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> oh, I know I'm too old for it. I say that, though, as Bridget and I are going to Rammstein this summer in uh, U.S. Bank ah, Stadium. So that's going to be pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, They put on such a fantastic show. I was lucky enough oh, to have sure. seen them with a friend of mine, like, geez, a decade or so ago. Um, so this would be pretty cool. Looking forward to it. U.S. Bank, Here. so they're going to bring in the whole shebang, all their pyrotechnics. Uh, I'm sure. And when you're done, you will... Not to be able to hear anything, your ears will be bleeding, and your face will be melted. Yes, yes, and Bridget will have to carry me out of the stadium, so yeah, it'll be good. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Which even any young child could do. <laughs> <laughs> Throw you over their shoulder like right. a yeah. chatty Kathy yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. You got some more in you. You got some more in you. I, I, nope, I know you I'm do. done, no. Oh, okay. Done that he did. Done, done, done. Okay. <laughs> hey, before I forget, guys, no, no joke, patting ourselves on the back, we may be, but my gosh, our Patreon page is getting more and more cool. I think it is more than worth. It is more than worth. Uh, 
a $1 tryout for a month. You could try There's it out. something for everybody on there. There is, man. You could try try it out for as little as 1 buck a month. Um, or as high page. as. Or as high as. Well, I'm not going to say that. There's different tiers there. Go check them out. Each, <laughs> each tier has different um, goodies on it. But man yes. alive, man. It, it's it's been going nuts lately. I've just been posting so many old podcasts from the Alternate Rail Podcast. We have over fifty episodes from the archives from the Alternate Rail Podcast available there now. They're available nowhere else. As I am removing all of our old Alternate Rail Podcast episodes, we have over thirty exclusive episodes that we have made solely for the purpose of our Patreon page, including our newest series, the debut episode of our newest series that we recorded last Wednesday, Mike. We had a blast. Yeah, I'm, that was good. I'm looking forward to that one, man. Our breakdown and commentary series, watching and studying and breaking down and commenting on any and all Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures episodes. We don't let we don't uh, hold anything back. We just tell you how we truly feel about everything, cast members, plots, um, truth, reality, all that good stuff. Uh, it's only going to get better and better. We have a Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures episode is coming up next. Uh, looking forward to that. Ghost hunting, our own personal ghost hunting videos, audio, um, EVPs that we've captured, audio anomalies on video and audio, some video captures perhaps. I posted one today that's kind of interesting. Your old TikTok yes. thing that you posted a couple years ago, Mike. When, mm-hmm. I, when I watched that a couple of years ago, I did not see that clear as day image of a hand. Yeah, I, I still have not uh, rechecked that, but I will look at it and I, I'll see what that uh, what that's all about. I'll look at it tonight. I was going to say, Mike, when we're done recording, I want you to watch it. Yes. So because I'm going to pull it up too. you just go right to the Patreon page and watch it. OK, it's mm-hmm. right. It's right there. It's the latest post. But uh, as little as a dollar a month, no obligations. If you don't like it, you can quit. Um, but I have a feeling that you will like it. We have already over 160 exclusive posts on there, and it's going to grow by leaps and bounds. We're having a good time. Our current patrons enjoy it, and we really think you would too. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll love the Patreon page. So give it a shot, won't you? Please. Please. <laughs> Please. Okay, Mike, some little guy named Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus. Now you said earlier, do you do you pronounce it Nostradamus? Or are you joking? Um, Nostradamus, Nostro. <laughs> no, not Nostril, Nostra. I'm not sure. I mean, it could go either way, I guess. But um, yeah, you know, depends. Uh, well, before we dive into our one last take on Nostradamus, your thoughts briefly, Mike, on basically people who prophesize the future do you think it's possible and things like that yeah do you think it's possible and if so this is a loaded question i want you to keep it brief so it's kind of impossible i apologize if it's possible where's it coming from your thoughts Mike? well i do believe it's possible you know there's a uh, modern day prophetic uh people uh, edgar casey was one um the sleeping prophet Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. You know, there's uh, uh, uh whoa, 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 what's her name? Nope, Mike lost it now. <laughs> Do you want Baba Venga? You want me to, to pause it until you? Oh no, no, okay. no. Yeah, but there's just so many. Um, and it comes from. Uh, God, is it a? It's a. It's a talent. It's a. 
a gift, something in the brain that got crosswired in one way or another? Something is it something that we all have that if it's developed or or uh, just um, naturally strong in a certain person, you know, I, I do believe it's a, it's an actual real thing. And it, uh, it uh, deserves to be looked into. So it's something discussed. That, it's something that perhaps all of us have the capability of, but not all of us have tapped into basically. Right. Like any, you know, psychic like ability, sure. uh, sensitivity so, or anything like that. So would you align that with psychic ability? Would you align it with something supernatural? Oh. Would you align with it? Something uh, cosmic? Would you, I mean, Oh, cosmic. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, paranormal, supernatural, um, psychic. It's, I think it all, it all lands in the same, the same bag. That's it's true. just, uh, different true. levels. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're definitely a, 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 an open-minded you're open-minded oh, when it comes to this. And I am too. I absolutely very open-minded. I absolutely am. I mean, we all experience it in some minor capacity, probably more often than we even realize. Sure. I mean, how many times do we have foreboding feelings to not yep. go that way? Don't take a right, you know, take mm-hmm. a left, you know, well, something there's gonna be a deer around the corner and yep. hell, hell there is a deer right there. I mean there's, Things like that happen. Yeah, we're in Minnesota, so that's why I said there might yeah. be a deer in the road. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's I totally buy into it. Now, as far as living in the 16th century and writing down four-line rhyming verses in your quatrains and yes, having the all them supposedly predict things that are still occurring nowadays, mm-hmm. or the way that's that it's interpreted as occurring nowadays—that's the thing. That is, that's the big <clears> thing, Mike. <throat> uh, uh, let's face it, uh, Nostradamus, his writings were very vague. They, uh, well, yes, they, they were generalized. Mm-hmm. They could be describing any number of things. Right. And written in that, just that very old world, uh, manner of, uh, Oh, sure. You know, yeah. um, I know the way the words saying. were used in the, you know, it's, it's not like, uh, things are written today. It's almost as if Yoda was writing these down. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like the uh, uh, the quatrains that people believe that um, uh, have predicted um, like World War II and Hitler and everything. Well, it doesn't say Hitler in the quatrains. It says Hister. Right. And exactly. they, that has been interpreted as meaning Hitler. Or, you know. But Hister is also, it was also the, the Latin word for the Danube River at the time. Sure. That was the former name for it. So that could be, I mean, who knows what he was referring to. Yes. And we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. I'm, go- I'm going to read some of his uh, okay. sh- shortly. But the tale of the tape here briefly, uh, Nostradamus, as everyone more than likely knows, 16th century seer, born in France, 1503, died 1566. Nostradamus did not begin prophesizing until 15. 15- 47 at the tender age of 44 which in the 16th century that was probably the equivalent of 104 sure <laughs> i mean that's a, that's old age by that time mm-hmm. uh he began as a physician he did not have any degree as a physician also an no, all you needed to have is a is a uh, scalpel jar full of uh <laughs> leeches and uh right. and a, a you know a fairly sharp blade 
Yes. <laughs> just a, and you're, a sign, you can be a physician. A yep. sign hanging from your doorknob that said physician yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. or doc. That's all you needed. Mm. Come on in, boys and girls. Yeah. A type of barber pole. Yep. And, and a couple bottles of rum. That's about yeah. it. Or good French wine. Or both. I think a better word, instead of vague, I should say cryptic. Cryptic's a there little better go. than vague. Yeah. Now he did uh, his published book. I'm going to again. I'm going to I'm going to you know not pronounce it correctly. I'm going to butcher it. Les Prophetes. Is that how you say it? Prophetes. I can get Prophetes. It's it's like prophet, but then it ends in I E S. Prophetie. Prophetes. Published in 1555, eleven years before Nostradamus. Nostradamus says death. All right. Well, let's just get right down to it, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready. I'm going to read some of these quatrains, these quotes, and then we're going to read how they were interpreted, and then Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it. This first one referred to, supposedly referred to, the death of Henry II. This is what Nostradamus wrote. The young lion will overcome the older one. On the field of combat, in a single battle, he will pierce his eyes through a golden cage. Two wounds made one. Then he dies a cruel death. Hmm. Now, this is what happened. In the summer of 1559, King Henry II of France, the older one, lined up to joust Gabriel de Montgomery, the young lion who was six years his junior. The tournament was held to celebrate the upcoming wedding of the king's daughter. In their final pass, Montgomery's lance tilted up, burst through the king's poorly secured visor, pierced his eyes through a golden cage, and splintered. Now in the Journal of Neurosurgery here, it says, Kamala Dowling and James Goodrich write that the profusely bleeding king remained conscious and was able to walk some steps with an unsteady gait, but splinters from the lance had entered the king's eye, throat, and temple. Ouchie. Two wounds made one. And despite the best efforts of royal surgeons, yeah, surgeons back in 1500s. Yeah. uh, Henry II. They put a leech on it. Right. Right. Just shake it off. Walk around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Right, exactly. <laughs> Throw some ice on it. Well, they didn't have ice. <laughs> Throw some ice on it. <laughs> oh, put a mud pack on it. She'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're not mocking this horrible death. Oh, no. Uh, Henry II experienced agonizing pain, seizures, and partial paralysis. Then he dies a cruel death. And he essentially died of sepsis, Mike. That's basically oh, sure. this, yeah. poor, this poor soul. Now, that was a long uh, uh, passage there. Again, cryptic generalizations. Yeah, you can kind of see it. How mm-hmm. does that one feel for you, Mike? That one, in, that one has an example. How does that feel for you? Cryptic. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, you know, take any century in it, and you might be able to find mm-hmm. something that could be thrown in that box. I don't know. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, the Great Fire of London, his quatrain, goes as such. The blood of the, the just will commit a fault at London. 
burnt through lightning of 23s, the six. The ancient lady will fall from a high place. Several of the same sect will be killed. Now, what happened after this? It's uh, Quatrain is referred to the Great Fire of London, obviously. Now, in regards to the date, he writes 20 times. He wrote 23s, the six. It's been interpreted as 20 times 3 as being 60, then add 6, the 6, then you've got 66, or the year 66. The infamous three-day blaze began September 1666. So, I mean, that's all basically, (sighs) that's all the prediction right there that that came from on that one. Um, Yeah. (laughs) you're piecing together parts here yeah well being that it was in 1666 i I would say that it was of the devil i don't like that number (laughs) i do not like that number my mind is too feeble to wrap around these little well things (laughs) it's like i don't know it could i don't know (laughs) well again like he uh, he writes lightning of 23s the six. That's what he wrote. And so people interpret it as 20 times three equals 60, and then you add six to that, and you've got 66. So, well, that, I think that's stretching, though. But they're interpreting the, the the six as, like, plus six type thing. That's how I'm reading it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not even going to read the French Revolution revolution one because that one could go any thousands of ways uh louis pasture pasteur pasteur this is the quatrain the lost thing is discovered hidden for many centuries pastor will be celebrated almost as a godlike figure this is when the moon completes her great cycle but by other rumors he shall be dishonored now by the way why are these called rhyming verses? I have not heard one rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> they had a different meaning back then. I don't know. <laughs> now, uh, what happened? It says here, according to businessinsider.com, much of the excitement surrounding this prediction is based on the fact that pasteur is the French word for pastor, which is used, which he wrote down in this quatrain. Pastor. Louis Pasteur. Pastor will be celebrated is credited with discovering microbial decay. The lost thing is discovered, hidden for many centuries. That's basically it on that one, too. <laughs> no, I don't I don't see it. Hmm. But then again, I'm not a scholarly person. Well, here's the Hitler one. Here's the Hitler quatrain. Okay. This one's a little eerie. From the depths of west of Europe... Sure. A young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase towards the realm of the east. Beasts ferocious with hunger will cross the rivers. Tanks. Tanks. The greater <laughs> part of the battlefield will be against Hister. Into a cage of iron will the great one be drawn when the child of Germany observes nothing. See, a lot that one's pretty darn, like I said, that one's a little eerie to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
The part about seducing his tongue will seduce the troop. That's exactly how Hitler. Came oh, sure. Power, man. Oh, absolutely. He was a, uh, if nothing else, he was a uh, impeccable speech yes. uh, orator, whatever. Yes. No. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is very true. And you mentioned earlier today about the Hister slash Hitler thing. Mm-hmm. Could he be referring to the Latin term for the Danube? Or was he, that's what he saw. That's what he envisioned. And he was, you know, simply a, couple, a letter off. A couple letters off. A couple letters off, yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. That one's, <sighs> that one's a little eerie for me. Yeah. Now, as far as the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki goes, this is the quatrain. Near the gates and within two cities, there will be scourges, the like of which was never seen. Famine with plague, people put out by steel, crying to the great immortal God for relief. This is how it was interpreted. Obviously, in August, uh, the United States United States dropped atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That is the within two cities. Mm-hmm. The cities were, of course, devastated. Many survivors of the blast suffered from radiation poisoning. This is the crying to the greater immortal God for relief. I, I don't quite make that connection. Now, in the wake of the war, Japan also went through a food shortage crisis. That is the famine within plague. So those are three maybe, maybe mm-hmm. connections that we can look at. Again, you can interject at any time here, Mike. I'm just well, when I, you know, the, the thing about these um, interpretations, um, I, I, you know, as these interpretations were being made, it was centuries after the writing, of course. And then was like, uh, uh, was there like a committee that was put together to read through these and and interpret them and say, oh, this is what this could have been. Let's write this down. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, um, I, I wonder when these interpretations came out, you know, like far after the actual um, event that it was interpreted as. Mm. You know, oh, like, sure. uh, you know, people looking back and going, well, that's what this could have meant. Let's, let's uh, you know, put that down as. Right. Um, like you, know, you said, like, may, was it just at one point someone noticed maybe some faint similarities? And so, like, right. like you said, maybe this committee, this joint committee was put together and they immediately they went through all of his writings. Yeah. And they could they and, tried to find anything that maybe fit yeah. any occurrence that happened in history, essentially. Right. You know, there was a um, a special that was aired. Oh, I think it was in the seventies, I believe. Yeah, it must have been in the seventies. That uh, was hosted by. Um, uh, oh my God, Uh-oh. I hate drawing a blank. <laughs> Orson it? Welles. Orson and Welles. It was a, okay. And it, and it was about uh, Nostradamus and you know Orson Welles and all of his. Um, uh, rotundly greatness sitting <laughs> there in a chair. I, Mike, I <laughs> prophesied that you <laughs> yes, were going you to say rotund. I <laughs> knew you were going to say that. Yes. Nostro junior. <laughs> but, um, you know, and he was, you know, talking about the quatrains and uh, interpretations and um, putting it out as just this dramatic, uh, wonderful thing. And I, I, I remember seeing an interview of, with, uh, Orson Welles after the fact, like years later, and um, he he was asked about this 
Nostradamus special that he'd host us and hosted. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, I remember him saying things. Yeah, but it was all just a bunch of bunk. Oh, he didn't, be- man, didn't yeah. believe in any of it. And it's like, yeah. But he put it, but he put it forth like he did. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, like the great actor that he was, sure, you know. Sure. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, do you think like when William Shatner hosts all those paranormal programs, do you think that he buys into what he's what he's like p- hosting and promoting? You know, it's a paycheck for him, you know. Oh, of course. So <laughs> You He's know, gonna make darn sure that it seems like it. I but, don't know. Maybe you know, he does. I see. That's the vibe you know? I get from him is that he's kind of like he's doing it kind of tongue in cheek almost, and he's like, yeah, "Sure, I'll, I'll make it look like I'm kind of intrigued by it, and maybe it's a possibility." But in, in the long run, I just want to get paid. Yeah, so. but you know, uh, the great one and only Dan Aykroyd when he had oh god yes that show he was pure passion. Oh yeah, he's a believer through and through. So so yeah, and a very well educated and you know oh, yeah articulate believer. By the way, he's not yeah a dream yes. a dream guest, Mike, a dream guest. So. Absolutely. And uh, the other night I was looking through something and I saw a a film clip of him in uh, from Doctor Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Doctor Detroit. <laughs> Isn't that the one where he always speed walks? Or he, or he like what? He's always. Like, uh, I, I don't remember. I I, the, it's the, been so long since I've seen the movie and didn't pay much attention when I did watch it. I think yeah. I don't know. I think like the entire opening sequence when they're showing the credits is just him like speed walking throughout Detroit or something. <laughs> I think uh, so. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, a couple more here, Mike. Uh, yes. Uh, quickly, uh, this is the quatrain. The great man. Oh, this is referring to the assassinations of both John F. Kennedy and his brother Bobby. Okay. This quatrain reads as such. The great man will be struck down in the day by a thunderbolt. An evil deed foretold by the bearer of a petition. According to the prediction, another falls at nighttime. Conflict at Reims, London, and a pestilence in Tuscany. See, I finally found a rhyme there, by the way. I think I did, but not quite. (laughs) Now what actually it was happened, by accident. <laughs> as we all know, John Kennedy was tragically shot down, the great man. He received numerous death threats, the petition, over the course of his presidency. While visiting Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, the president was obviously assassinated, Thunderbolt. And his brother Bobby Kennedy was later assassinated just after midnight, 1968, another falls at nighttime. Now... <sighs> Maybe, maybe, again, maybe cryptic, vague, generalized. We get it. This one, Mike, supposedly predicts 9-11. The quatrain reads, Earth-shaking fire from the center of the earth will cause tremors around the new city. Two great rocks will war for a long time. Then Aruthas, I can't say this word, Aruthas. Will redden a new river. As we all know, tragedy struck September 11th. The two towers, the two great rocks mm-hmm. of the World Trade Center in New York City, the new city, collapsed. And we all know why it collapsed. And that's pretty much what connects that one. But yeah, but then uh, again, <sighs> if you fold a dollar bill a certain way, it predicts the. Uh... Sure. I know Mike. the uh, falling of the two great rocks. No, I have a, I have a feeling that we, we both will have the same 
take for our one last take, but I'll let you go first, Mike, and 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 let us know why, um, and tell us anything that comes to your mind about this. Do you feel that it could be uh, before you give your final take? But uh, take it away, Mike. Well, I think that uh, the people of the Americas, uh, if they had maps, and they don't all have maps. Uh, oh no, that was a that's something different. I'm sure there are some people out there who know what I'm referring to. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think okay. So we know for sure that there was a Nostradamus. Of course, of course. Back in the that centuries ago, and uh, he did do these things: this scrying, this uh, prophesying, and uh, wrote these wonderful things. None of them rhymed. And none of them, yeah, none of them rhymed unless by accident. <laughs> I'm sure they did, but those examples, I didn't see one, but go ahead. Yeah, but um, so it comes from a solid base of, yes, this, this, these predictions were made, um, you know, and over such a long period of time, you know, interpretation here and there, and uh, it's like, uh, it's like interpretation go in any different direction, like we have discussed, and we know that can happen. Um, I believe that what he did predicted something, but we just aren't sure exactly what it is, even with the quatrains that have been mm. interpreted by whoever, whenever. Mm. Um, some of them might be correct. Some of them might be way off. Most of them might be way off. And And if Nostradamus were to hear these interpretations if he were here today he might laugh himself and and say that uh, I, that it's nothing what i was saying or whatever or what he meant um but for so many years it's been such an iconic thing that you know nostradamus has been you know well as far as i've been you know, going back as far as I can remember as a little kid, knowing about Nostradamus and these interpretations and the quatrains and how many generations as it does it go back. It's such an iconic thing that we're always going to want to believe that some, this is something to it. You know, we just can't say is in, there a definitively. Is there a possibility, Mike, in your mind that let's say absolutely none of these have come to fruition. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say that all of our interpretations are wrong as far as like when we're trying in vain, almost are trying our damnedest to connect them. Let's say we're wrong in doing that, but, and this is a big, but who's to say that what he wrote down has yet to happen. Exactly. That's a very good point. It, could very there might be an actual history. Yeah. There could, just hasn't. Yeah. There could be future events that line up perfectly with what he wrote. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's who's to say? Yeah. I can't. But what like would you I said, say? It's Mike? always, always going to be an iconic thing yeah. that uh, whether just the mystery of it keeps it going and keeps us intrigued and and thinking about it, that's that's okay too. 
Well, it, Mike, I hate to put you on the spot, but that's what we do on One Last Take. We, we put each other on the spot. We right. have to make a decision here. No more ranking 1 through 10 on a scale of 1 being bogus, 10 being legit. We can't do that anymore. Right. We did just, that for just the a first, yay or nay. We did that for all of them up until a couple episodes ago. So we have to do yay mm-hmm. or nay, Mike. You're forced to choose... Nostradamus being a legit seer of the future, a legit prophesizer, a legit prophet. What say you? I say that, yes, he is a legit, legit seer. Um, it's just uh, the, the whole question isn't with him. It's with what we have interpreted these quatrains as. Okay, I, I'm surprised by that. I thought I, I thought you would say go the other way on that one. Honestly, I would. Or mm-hmm. honestly, I did, I should say. Interesting. Damn it, now I'm going to be the bad guy again, Mike. You always okay. make me the bad guy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't make me the bad guy at all. Again, like I said, though, who's to say that he isn't legit? I can't say that. Who's to say he wasn't legit? I can't say. Who's to say that what he wrote down and all of his quatrains has yet to come to existence simply because it has yet to come to existence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that Nostradamus was a very wise, intelligent man. Very, very mm-hmm. wise. Very gifted. I think he knew that history repeats itself. I think we're talking mid 16th century here, but he's he was a historian himself. He was aware of the recurrences of life, how things has happened. Things recycle themselves. Things happen and repeat themselves. Very talented at writing brilliant quatrains, brilliant phrases, brilliant verses that could be interpreted any number of ways. And I think he was Mm -hmm. aware of that. I think he knew that. Not saying that he didn't have visions. Mm -hmm. Perhaps... Was he being purposefully vague in an egomaniacal way, Mike, so he could never <laughs> thoroughly be proven wrong? Well, there that's a good point. Again, could he be legit? Absolutely. Is he? I don't know. But I'm forced to choose. Yeah, I have to say, Wah. no. <laughs> To the Stradamus. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. But I have to. But I'm not saying he isn't. But I have to choose, and I'm choosing no. Mm. Okay. Fair enough, right? Yeah. Well, if you could only go back in time with Bill and Ted and actually <laughs> talk to the guy. <laughs> right. Right. I you know. know. <laughs> well, I guess. And, you know, and then at the same time, you know, Hook up with Socrates. I mean, good old Socrates. Yeah, yeah, and and Plato and all those good. Guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it reminds me of a, a, a humorous line on the on the newest Bill and Ted, which I, it actually wasn't that terrible. I need to see that. It was just just for the fact that I'm such a Keanu Reeves fan. I'm a huge. It was Keanu Reeves. Fan. It was fun. It was fun. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not someone who actually even thoroughly enjoyed the original ones, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. But Bridget was a giant fan. We sat down, we watched it with the kids, and we had a good time watching this new one. This was cut yeah. forever ago. And a line that made that made me giggle, 
I don't remember the character's name, but a, a young lady, she finally met the older Bill and Ted. And she's like, oh, my gosh. She's talking to, to Keanu Reeves right now. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, I finally get to meet the Bill and Ted. And Keanu just goes, you must be so disappointed. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's just how he said it. He's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you must be disappointed. So it's like, yeah, we got gotcha. you. Hmm. We, we got gotcha, you, Keanu. We got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got to watch. I got to see it. Well, Mike, uh, uh, hour and a half almost, man. Good job, buddy. Really? Yeah. This has yeah, been good. My, my back held up. Your back held up. Um, I think yep. this was fairly entertaining. I only have to edit out about 10 minutes or so of this episode. So we'll be, we'll be closer to an hour and 20 minutes when I'm done. Sure. Done. Oh yeah. You got it. You got a few, uh, yeah. Few, a bit, uh, a <laughs> few flubs, yeah. uh, a few yeah. things that Mike shouldn't have said. <laughs> too, too bad. You can't save those and then have them on a, an exclusive, uh, well, I... outtakes, uh, episode of, uh, on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, uh patreon you know that's a good idea that'd be fun you know i'm gonna do that i'm going to yeah because I, I, I can do that i will well that should be done i'll save them i'll save certain segments and then i'll i'll <laughs> uh, not not immediately i i want right. to it, it'll be worked on for a while i'll I'm work sure. on it for a while then i'll post like a half hour to 45 yeah. minute uh outtakes episode yeah if there's something that cannot be said on on an episode of 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 it'll... this It'll be on Patreon. Podcast. It'll be on Patreon. Um, yeah. If it's that bad that it has to be taken off, when we have gone, we've pushed the oh, pushed it pretty great. far. Lord. And some of our old Alton Rail podcast episodes. Oh my lord. Oh yeah. Yeah, Man. those just needed to be burned. Those nonsensicast <laughs> radio episodes. Woo! Nelly. Oh yeah. Oh, by the yeah. way, um, I just posted nine nonsensicast radio episodes uh within mm. the last week. Uh I think six of them were when we were the Alton Rail podcast and we did nonsense guest radio throwbacks, but that means that they were so fun and yeah. cr- fun and crazy and wild. But I do have three or four um, original nonsense cast radios. We're talking going back to the early teens, early twenties, as far as numbers, number wow. episodes going. And I apologize for the quality, but they are forever archived on our Patreon page. Yeah, we're going back as far as two thousand and thirteen, boys and girls. That's crazy. Those archives archived episodes they're they're fun to listen to they're they're kind of they make me cringe but they're fun yeah so oh yeah i highly recommend them to you mike go check them out yeah and Absolutely. i highly recommend our patreon page to everybody i guarantee you guys will enjoy it mike thank you so much my friend this has been a blast Absolutely. um i hope you have a great night until next yes. time my friend what do our awesome listeners need to do peace out <laughs> <laughs>